Neil Kirby, lovely check. Kirby, 1-0. Another one plucked from the top draw from Frank Kirby. Hello and welcome back to a very special episode of the Frank Kirby Fight Club. Your one-stop listen to all things Chelsea FCW and, of course, the absolute legend, the amazing Fran Kirby. How could we not go a single intro without mentioning her? Now, it has been quite a while since we last recorded and we did do a little session on Twitter that was pretty successful. I mean, I think we had something like 150 people listening to me and Andre, which is just a little bit crazy. We'd never used it before. You know, it was quite new to us and actually it was an amazing way to get you guys involved and hear your thoughts and we absolutely loved it. But we loved it so much that we didn't sort of see a need to record that weekend. So, yes, it's been a hot minute. We're back. Uh, we gave ourselves some time to cool off after the Arsenal game. It didn't end in the greatest fashion. But here we are, another week, another week away from another football game. And as always, when it comes to these kinds of things, I'm joined by the amazing Andre. Andre, how's it going? Uh, I'm well. I was actually really surprised and happy that the Twitter spaces did so well. I w- didn't know what to expect. I thought at the very least, you know, Mary and Mata just talk to each other like we usually do. <laughs> but then you guys <laughs> showed up and it was amazing. So might have to do more of those in the future. But for now, excited about this episode. Yes, I'm, I'm excited as well. Guess why? Guess why? Because it's not just me and Andre talking this week. We have another person joining us we for the very guessed. first time. The very first time we just thought, you know what? We haven't done it. We need something to like spice things up. And what better person to spice things up than someone whose name is Abdullah Abdullah? <laughs> what is this? Like, this is just an amazing name. We are joined by Abdullah Abdullah. So he's actually an analyst uh, on all things women football and, and a lot more from, I think it's Analytics FC. But before we kind of get into that, tell us about the name, please. Um, Interesting story. Uh, So... My family name is Abdullah, obviously. Um, and then when I was born, um, I think my, my granddad on my mom's side was like, you know what? Love the name. It's such <laughs> a cool name. And the funny thing is it wasn't even, it's not even my, it's obviously not my mom's side of the name. It's my dad's side of the name. But my mom's side were like, you know what? Love the name so much. Let's call him it twice. And then that's how it came to be. So it, I mean, like I said, it, it ends up being the greatest icebreaker of all time because I can go up to anybody, just use my name. And then that's just how the conversation flows. So here we are. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, even before we were recording, I was, like, making a brief. I'm like, does, what does he, like, does he go by one, Abdullah? Is it two? What is, is there a nickname? Is this, like, a, a bit he's doing? Who I have knows? so many nicknames. The, I have not, the funny thing is, I haven't made any of them. Everybody has given me these nicknames. And so, over the years, I think it's t- totaled up to about 10 or 12. Everyone oh, comes up with a new variation. And I'm like, whatever you want to call me, call me. So everyone's got their variation of, of what they call me. Well, that's perfect because we might have to dip into those variations. We've got a lot to talk about today. Um, of course, we haven't. We you know we had the Arsenal game. It's been a while. The next game is going to be next week. Uh, we play in the FA Cup. Um, however, we still want to talk about a team and having Abdul. Oh gosh, I almost well, I, I give you a nickname right there. Having Abdul on gives us the perfect kind of space to to talk about that. And one of the big things that we've been discussing this past week has been about the defense and that switch from the back three to the back four. And I wanted to actually give Andre a chance to talk about that because I know he was mentioning it. Yeah, it was it's it's probably been the thing of, of Chelsea's season, right? Apart from, you know, the the weird finishing struggles and some of the defensive lapses. The big thing has been the switch to a back three and then back to a back four. So um I guess our question for you is how do you 
view the differences, like what wasn't working. And obviously there's some obvious things with the way the team was playing, but how has Emma Hayes shifted it and gone back to a back four, especially given that we've now brought in players who presumably, you know, we aren't in the, we, we aren't in the, you know, rooms when Emma Hayes is making these decisions, but presumably the switch to a three was because the fullbacks weren't strong enough. But now John Anderson is back in the game. We have uh, Jess Carter playing on the right side. So how do you kind of see the tactical differences between what was working and what wasn't working in the three and what's working and what's not working in the four? That's a, that's a loaded question. It's right, right sure off the bat. You're really going all in. Like, I got to warm up a little bit. No, no, no. Oh, good. Um, no, I, th- I think it's been an interesting switch to the, to the back four. I think... I don't think so. I think off the bat, I'll say I don't think this is the end of the back three. I think this is just a pause of the back three because I think Emma's realized that, you know what, I probably don't have the, the squad to play a back three right now. Um, kind of you touched on it with the fullbacks and the wingbacks. It's just their Guru and Aaron worked. It worked for a, a decent while, but I think just the. Just the fact that you need natural wingbacks. I mean, uh, Jonah isn't, you know, is, is, Weirdly enough, the whole complaint against Jonna was she's good at going forward. She can't defend. In a four, we switched to a three because of the defensive deficiencies of the, of the fullbacks and uh, Mielda being being out injured. And now we've reverted back to the four, and it turns out it's work. It's working fine. Um, and I think the main kind of tactical difference is all right. You got more natural quote unquote fullbacks when you're playing with the back four and Jonna and and. I say I say Jess is natural, but you know, to a defender at least, the natural defender, and I think it's just given Chelsea more, um, just kind of give more em- emphasis and more more uh, kind of more of a focus in the middle. Um, it just takes off the, um, you know, you you can kind of play that. You you can actually get an extra attacker on the pitch, right? The whole problem was that Chelsea was struggling to create chances, you know, struggling to score. And if we remember last season, the four four two variants. Uh, of that were were working, and that's how we got the best out of Kerr, Kirby, and, and Harder. Um, I think this season the three has worked. I've liked Aaron and Guru at, at wing back, but um, but I think Mielda being injured for as long as she has and still not back in playing regular minutes, I think has has kind of maybe forced Emma to switch back and and really because I think if if, if Mielda is 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 free, I mean sorry, is injury free and she's fit. You you slot her in as like probably the third centre back, and then you mm. could play someone else like an Aaron or, or anybody else at right wing back, and suddenly you've got that defensive assuredness uh, at the back on the right side, and you've got someone who can equally play out um, as kind of like what Magda does on the left, but someone on the right side to do the same thing. So you can actually step up, you know, players can step up into midfield, and you've got that extra security and uh, and positional awareness uh, in in those in those defensive half spaces. Um, but I think I think just the whole the the Jess Carter not being able not being the best defender in the three, just kind of not having maybe the best six six months of her season right now. I think all of that put together has kind of okay, let's get back to the four four two. It gives us a better base to build upon. And I think Chelsea then get to kind of become more defensively compact because we've seen with Guru right in that left wing back, she's actually been playing really, really well as a left wing back, both defensively in terms of just getting into position and obviously going forward, she scored a couple of goals. But if you can make her do that from a left midfield position, then you get the added extra security along with Jonna to be able to do that. So I think these small details for now, until we get a proper wing back uh, next season, next summer, then I don't think this three of the back will come back for now. 
Yeah, that was a pretty fully loaded answer yeah, to a I'm fully sure. loaded question. <laughs> no, I think you matched Andre's energy. I'm really happy with that. But I kind of wanted to ask Andre a little bit based on the back of what Abdullah's just said about Anik Nawan, because I suppose the whole thing about when the back three was in its infancy, we were saying oh, Anik Nawan playing in there. She's really slotted in, you know, a new signing, but she fits in really well because she's a player that both Magda and Bright can work with. But with Magda being out of the squad, she kind of had to move a little bit around and now and still showed that she was adaptive and, and versatile to moving from the central center back to slightly on the right and so I wanted to ask Andre actually what you thought about that uh, what you think about her in general being the team in the back three and how you think she might fit in if Chelsea are choosing to stick with the back four yeah it's actually a very interesting case with her because you know earlier you know when we got her we were very intrigued and interested to see her on the pitch and it seemed really kind of unfortunate that Jess Carter was kind of keeping her, you know, out of the um, out of the lineup. And, you know, then, of course, she picked up the injury and it was a difficult time for her. But now we've gone to a back four. She's been next to Millie Bright and they've looked solid. I mean, defensively, they've looked quite solid. I, I do. I really like her passing. Um, the one question I had about her was her mobility, uh, especially against mm-hmm. very like weak, speedy wingers kind of cutting in. But She's done well. She's she's kind of countered that with positioning as you're supposed to do when you're a center back. So I've been pretty impressed with her. Now, the big question for me is, and maybe Abdullah, this is where I want you to chime in. Another hard-hitting question from me. <laughs> um, when Magda's healthy, what the hell? What do we do with these three center backs? Because I was thinking like Millie Bright, for me, might be the odd, but, but Millie Bright stepped up. She's been in really good form too. So it seems like if we're going to do a back four, continue with the back four we've only got two spots and we have three really good center backs now you know what there's this revolutionary idea we should definitely go to the three at the back (laughs) i know i'm I'm kidding um no i think i think it's it's a very i think it's it's a it's a tough thing now because i think while anik now coming in and playing so well was obviously we we wanted that to happen but i don't think people expected it to be expected her to be this good um especially in the back four so I think you know, it's a tough one. I think when Magda comes back and is healthy, I think she needs to play and continue the season, but, but probably not immediately. I think, and I made this point the other day as well on another podcast, I said, when, when Magda's back fit and healthy, I don't think she should immediately come back into the side. I think Anik Nawa deserves to continue keeping her spot until she she kind of loses a little bit of form, and then you can bring in Magda, because at least then you're giving her the fairness of and, and kind of the confidence of saying, even with Magda fit, you're trusted to start because you played well, right? You want to be able to build that confidence in in her. So that's one part of it. But I think going forward, I think the ultimate plan would, I think would want to be to go back to a three. And I think we'll see that because you've got three standout centre-backs. Um, and assuming you have Marin Mielder, who's coming back, I you know, probably next season, who will be completely fit. You essentially have four players you can play at centre-back, you know, and, and then that becomes obviously an issue. So if you are then going to do that, you could actually then you can actually then go for three at the back and kind of incorporate three of the four and go from there. The other the other option is kind of what's been happening you know lately is you keep switching between the three and the four. If you're going to switch between the three and the four, depending on the opposition, you have a chance to play all three players and give them regular game time. I think with the with the obviously the the entrant the the for what's the word man the entrance or the entr- the the new Champions League group stages. That's what I'm looking for. 
new Champions League group <laughs> stages that have come in. Uh, my English is just gone to bits there. Uh, that's come in. I think that's added more games in a good way. So it, it, it means that when you're going in season to season, there are more games to be able to have rotation and for players to get minutes. And obviously, we've seen the season injury plays a part. So I'm not actually too worried because we've seen like... You know, New Charles had a lot of game of t- game time. Now she has and girl right now and is now back in the team consistently. So it is a constant rotation and cycle of players who are getting first team game time and being kept in the team. So I'm not too worried about the defense, especially because as players as Millie Bright and Magda get older, injuries start playing a part. Obviously, we've seen Mielda slowly coming back. So I, I think I think she'll be fine overall. I have a question for you about Nowen, though, because it's been she, her her profile is kind of interesting to me. She's very good on the ball. Um, she's a solid defender, quite young, but she likes to play on the left side of a of a back, you know, the left sided center back in a back four. And she's right footed, but she's very good at that. Do you think she can play on the right? Because I'm wondering about you know you you mentioned you want to keep her in there and have Magda get back in there, but not right away. I'm wondering if maybe Millie Bright is the one dropped, and how how do you think a Magda Erickson and Agnawan center back pairing in a back four would work? Yeah, that's a that's a, that's a that's a it's an interesting pairing to think about because if you look at if you look at it, both Anik and and Magda are really good passers of the ball, like you said, like they're very good at playing out from the back, and 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 they can they can have a good range of passing, and I think. With Anik playing on the right-hand side, if ideally that should actually be, make it a little bit easier for her because the the passing angles get a lot easier, for, you know, become open for her because as she receives the ball on her stronger foot, she can open up her body and play it out wide to her right rather than when you're playing on the left and doing it, you kind of have to shift the other way and then moves just a lot longer of a movement. Um, I, I think she could play on that because I think I remember when she played at PSV, she has the ability to be able to step up and and play a little bit aggressively um because in this case Millie Bright would be the one with the, with the Ericsson combination who uh who might be the bit more the more physical one and I know that um Magda can do it as well but it's her, her she's all about positioning she's all about uh you know maintaining her position and covering for you know the left wing back left back whether it's John or Guru right and so I, I think she I think Anik can play it but I, and I th- but I think Anik is a much better cover defender going back so yeah, I think if we're looking at passing angles, being on the right foot, if anything, it should make it easier for her. But then again, um, we would just have to see how that works in the back two and whether that combination comes forward. Because uh, it, at this point, Millie Bright has had such a good season, both as a leader and as a as just as a defender. I don't. I think she's been the most informed defender that we've had. Um, that I just don't see Millie Bright being dropped anytime soon. But I think it is possible to play Magda and Anik at some point if needed. Yeah, but only my, my thing with thinking about that is I think the one thing that we have missed has been Magda's ability to carry the ball. Um, I, don't, yeah. I think, you know, Anik's a great passer. You know, Millie Bright does, does a, a pretty decent job at passing as well. But we've really missed that center back carrying the ball forward and kind of just breaking a line on her own. Uh, we haven't really had that with her out, so I was kind of wondering, like, how do we get that? And I don't know. It's it's tough. Yeah, he, I think you're right. It's it's really difficult, and I think what makes it even more difficult is is when you have looking ahead to the midfield when you're missing a key player, in, like for example, someone like Melanie Lupoltz, who's really been out for a long time with long COVID. You see the difference it makes for a defender who has to then carry the ball uh, past midfield, as opposed to having a, a seamless channel where they can as you say, carry the ball and then and then pass out and find those spaces. So 
Yeah, I think Andre's right. I think I do agree with you there because, as you say, Magda is someone who can do those things very naturally. It comes to her naturally. She's very seamless in in doing it. But that becomes more difficult for whoever's playing on that side of the central defence when um, there is no sort of defensive midfield support. I'm not saying that, um, you know, whoever plays there, sort of maybe Ingalls and, and, and Cuthbert or G and Cuthbert, um, but you we're tending to have a bit more of a, an attacking midfield in that sense. And I think it's difficult when you're missing... Um, the person who's there doing all the sort of stopping the movement, stopping the counters, carrying possession in between the spaces, in between midfield and defence. Uh, I think Lupoltz has been quite a big miss and in, maybe in a way we don't realise because uh, she was providing a lot of attacking runs and we have so many players now who do that in so many different positions. We don't notice it as much. And a lot of our players have stepped up in pressing in midfield, which has helped because one thing that Lupoltz did really well was cutting out those passes by man marking and man pressing um but I think that a large part of how our defense has behaved is because of defensive midfield not being so great recently so I kind of wanted to open the question out about what we think of of the midfield the defensive midfield um of the absence of loopholes and how you guys feel that we could possibly cover for that or you know you know is there a signing that we need to make in that area um yeah no I think I think it's important I think that's another piece of the puzzle that I think was um, has been missing. Obviously, you mentioned Leupold's being a, uh, a huge miss, and I think, yeah, Leupold's in this team right now is a huge miss because you've missed so much of her running, her box-to-box uh, abilities, scoring absolute screamers from outside the box, obviously. Um, but, you know, no, I think overall, I think I think Leupold's has is, is just been this, this really good balance player who's got the mixture of creativity but also defensive awareness and, and all that put together. So you put her there. For, you know, you put put Leipzig there out for a second. Um, I think the other problem that I I have with Chelsea's midfield, and I have been probably screaming and shouting about this since probably the Champions League final or just before that last last season last year, is that Chelsea don't have a different profile of central midfielder, one that is able to destroy in midfield and be able to win the ball back. And I've always felt that one of Chelsea's biggest problems were while they were very ball dominant in possession. If there was a turn a turnover, or if there was a game where they were going to be uh, out, you know, overtaken in terms of possession, there's no one there to break up play and give them a high, uh, you know, a high uh, high turnover and, and start counterattacks. And for me, a player has always been in house. You didn't need to buy anybody; you just needed to convert somebody back into that position, which is Aaron Cuthbert. You know, for me, that is that's where I think a lot of problems can be solved, and I think we've seen. Some of it in the last three games against City, Arsenal, and United with the with that double pivot of uh, of Sophie Ingle and, and Aaron Cuthbert. I think for me, Leupold's obviously has to play, but I, but I think from game to game, you've got to see who you're playing up against. Like if you're playing up against uh, a team that's going to sit back, then you probably don't need that sort of player. But if you're going to come up against an Arsenal, a Barcelona, a Bayern Munich, a PSG, that's the sort of player that you need. And I think Aaron is very capable of doing that. And I and I think. Chelsea then with that would have a good complement of central midfielders. Um, but then again, if you're going to move Aaron into a, into a permanent midfield position, you probably need to strengthen elsewhere. So it is it is about that balance over there. Mm-hmm. I think I think you absolutely nailed it with that one. It's it's the finding that balance and loopholes has often been the player to provide that balance, but her not being in there has put a lot of extra pressure on the players around her, especially when we're playing with with a a fairly attacking midfield three. Andre, what what are your thoughts on on what Abdullah has just said? Because I think he's made a really important point. Yeah, um, big big card carrying member of the Aaron Cuthbert 
uh, fan club. I I have been quite disappointed. I think that she's been <laughs> the word is versatile. Um, she's so good you can really play her anywhere. And while that's a great thing to have, she is twenty three. She'll be twenty four, I believe, in July. And it's about the time when she needs to be like in a set position. And I'm kind of with Abdullah. I think her set position needs to be that central midfield because I think she's very, very good. We've seen her be able to just completely harass the opposition's midfield and win the ball back. And it's and it's something that we don't have, but she can almost never do it because we need her to play in multiple positions. You know, she's been playing played what right wing back for half the season, just about. Um, and that's that's she she's capable at it but I don't think it's the best use of her skills as well. So I would like to see her more focused as a midfielder, see her grow there, continue to to develop there, add some of those other things in her game, because we know that she's very mobile. She's very active. She likes to win the ball. She likes to get into stuck in the tackles. And that's exactly what we need. But especially, you know, like Abdullah was saying with, with Melanie loopholes out, it's difficult. We got to figure out like, how do we form a midfield without her? And that's kind of my, kind of been my my gripe with Chelsea and their player recruitment it's like all right we can plug this hole in the 11 with this player and we're good and it's like well what happens if that player's injured what happens if we're playing multiple games back to back to back what happens if we suddenly have Champions League group stages and <laughs> you're playing midweek now much earlier in the season than you ever have been rotation is important so I, I just think the squad needs to get bigger overall but you mentioned Abdullah converting certain players and moving them on I want to talk about Jesse Fleming because I know you're a Jesse Fleming supporter as well. <laughs> of course. And and I'm interested to know what you think about her. She's She's been playing an attack, but she's also had this hybrid role where sometimes she drops in the midfield as well. What do you think about her just as a permanent midfielder in the WSL? You know, I can see that happening. I mean, we and I, I know we keep referring back to the last couple of games, but if we, if we see her against Manchester City in that, in that first half, she almost played as this, even though in the 4-4-2, she was the right central midfield, the right midfielder, but she kept drifting inside, and she was so good at being able to connect both the attack and midfield together in terms of her ball progression. But then she was also very, very good at being able to move into a good defensive positions to be able to provide, uh, you know, numerical superiority in midfield. And I think one of the reasons City were stifled in that first half, especially, was because. Um, Fleming kept coming inside and, and protecting and helping Aaron Cuthbert. And th- those two doubling up, along with Sophie Ingle as a three, matched City up 3v3. Three three three. And so if the ball did go out wide, you know, they would all shift on to that side. And I think Fleming being able to move around off the ball, especially getting into these positions, I think was vital. Um, and we saw the difference when Frank Kirby started playing, you know, on the right side against Arsenal. Chelsea didn't have that same sort of level of, of adaptiveness and the same sort of movement across the positions. It was only, you know, halfway through that first half when when Kirby decided, to, okay, I'm going to start coming in more central positions. Did Chelsea get a little bit of control? Otherwise, that, you know, Cuthbert and Ingle looked lost against, against Arsenal at least for the first 20, 25 minutes. Um, I think Jesse playing as a either as a, an attack-minded number eight on the right-hand side or playing as a right-sided central mid, uh, right-sided midfielder kind of drifting inside playing narrow I think either or that, that position can work and I think um it, it possibly even gives her a little bit more time on the ball a little bit more time to think uh, and start interchanging play because and with her she's so versatile that you know like I was saying like you could start her there but then you can also allow her to shift up in, into an attacking position just because of the amount of rotations that Chelsea have and she can almost become your fourth attacker whilst playing in a deeper role so there's so much 
versatility in Jesse Fleming that you can kind of play her in a couple of different roles, not even positions. You can play her in a diff- different roles. And she seems to be able to thrive now in in this in this MAA system of being able to play in different positions and doing different things. Yeah, and I, w- I wanted to ask how much of that do we think is intentional for Hayes? I think we've kind of often talked about the last few seasons of Emma Hayes being quite stubborn with their decisions. And I really do believe that like for the first time in a long while this season, she's really been quite experimental. Um, I think in a sense she was forced to when, um, when Kerr and G were off at the, the Asian world cup and we didn't have Kirby. She, you know, introduced Gura Wrighton and boy has Gura Wrighton absolutely, you know, gone off and, and playing like peak Alexi, you know, just absolutely amazing. But that although that was forced, we're seeing that there's a lot more sort of faith in in certain players, not just her favorite players, but players she knows that can be really key for a whole different set of position and systems. It's like you say, she's trialing out a lot of different systems, but she knows that she can trust players in in certain positions, and I think that's the biggest thing of of, of going one up and improving and leveling up from where we were in the Champions League final. You have to be confident not just with your starting 11 the best players you have to rely on players who are versatile and adaptive and the fringe players because things like this like not having your uh your first choice defensive midfield because she's out with long covid those things will happen and i think that hayes has really adapted well to that yeah no i think that's uh i think i think that's a good point and i think we've seen that now with especially with jesse fleming coming in this season more mm-hmm. than she did last season uh, obviously, Aaron Cuthbert and Gurrighton also coming into the team, playing more of a role this season than they did last season. Uh, and I think in, in some ways, Emma Hayes has, has been good in, in being able to manage some of these fringe players and, you know, almost basically, I, I think I think the team now has a trust in her, you know, by saying, you know, they've seen it now. They're saying, well, you know, if we can work and we can show her that we, you know, we can do what she wants us to do, then we can get her on this team. And they've seen it with Guru. They've seen it with Aaron. They've seen it with Jesse now. Um, obviously, Neve Charles had a good run last year. Maybe not so much this year, but you know, it's the the opposite. But same same concept applies. Even if you look at Jonna now, I mean, Jonna was basically in the cold for like six months. It was almost like um, I'm going to take a phrase from uh, Jesse Parker Humphreys here. She almost found Jonna behind the sofa and kind of said, "Oh, we have a left back here. You know what? You know, I think we should use you for you know at left back." And now suddenly she's almost starting every single game and actually she's been playing really really well. So. I think any any of everyone in the squad is basically thinking, okay, but you know, even if we don't play well and we're out of the team for a little while, if we work a little bit harder, we can get back in and we can we can we can do this. Um, that's obviously that might change once, uh, for example, Leipzig comes back. Obviously, G was out uh, at the Asian Cup, and when Chelsea do eventually go and buy, obviously not to forget, we have Lauren James who's injured and still has to come in. That's another one to kind of uh, understand and 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 talk about. But and with players coming in, but I think I think. Emma has shown enough of a uh, enough man management uh, skills to be able to, you know, then say, okay, I know how to manage the squad. I know how to be able to put players in good positions for the most part, at least with the fringe players, and get the best out of them. It's just a matter of possibly finding that best first eleven and finding out the second, you know, the second best eleven and being able to integrate the two because it's not every single week that you're going to be able to have the first full eleven all fit and ready to go and play. So yeah, so this is my my question because I think this has been the biggest, um, I guess, for, well for me from my perspective, and you can let me know what you think about it. But from my perspective, the biggest question with our our switch back to the back four, and we mentioned earlier that we went to the three because there were deficiencies at fullback. Now it seems we are kind of having the fullbacks just be traditional fullbacks. They don't get up too high in 
all the time. You know, they're trying to we're trying to limit the space that is allowed to, for other players to expose and get in behind because that was our big issue. You know, a couple of years ago, particularly. Well, there were many issues in the Champions League final. Not going to talk about that anymore. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so so with that, to me, the midfield becomes even more important because we need to be able to make sure that we can link to the attack. And if we're not going to get consistent help from the fullbacks, we need to make sure our midfielders can take up some of that slack. And so that's why I kind of ask you, let's 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 make it difficult and assume that everybody's healthy. You know, Melanie Lupoles is back. G is back and fit. You know, we saw her get into the Arsenal match and change it um, for the better. Um, that's when Chelsea had their best spell, I thought. Um, you know, we have we talked about Jesse Fleming. We talked about Aaron Cuthbert, you know, Sophie Engel, and Drew Spence has been in the midfield too. What is your ideal midfield given what the defense is, how they have to play in order to remain solid at the back? What's your ideal midfield to be able to shut down the opposition but also link with the tech? Are you really putting me to the test here at 10 yeah, man. in the evening? <laughs> You're never coming back on the podcast. Like, I hated this. <laughs> you know, I don't hate it. It's, 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 a, it's a good, like, if you've done this in the morning, at least my brain starts functioning well, but this is, this is good. You're really making me work for this, this appearance. Uh, great debut, I, I guess. Um, no, no, I think, uh, I think, I think we, let's, let's keep that same back four, then let's keep. Uh, Jonna, Anik, uh, Millie Bright, and Jess Carter as your back four, assuming, like you said, the fullbacks are very, very uh, uh, defensive-minded. My ideal midfield across the four, I think, will be kind of what, the, you know, the, the the four that started against Manchester City almost, but maybe a little bit of change. I'd play Jesse Fleming on the right-hand side of the right right of uh, four. i play Aaron Cuthbert. I think I would play... Melanie Leupels and I'll play Greiten. And now the only, but my only concern mm. is, do I play Leupels or do I play G? Because, and my only reasoning is, it depends on the opposition that we're up against. If Chelsea are up against an opposition that's going to set back, I want G in there because I want that creativity. I want her to be able to play that free role of being able to just take the ball or just do whatever you want. You know, break down the opposition. But if you're playing against a bit of a high, uh, a better quality opposition than Man City and Arsenal or Manchester United, even. I would want Leupold's in there just to give you that defensive solidarity and box-to-box running for at least 60 minutes. And then once the opposition gets tired and they start opening up a little bit, then you can bring on a G. So I, I would probably say you get you, and then you have obviously Guru Wrighton who can stretch the stretch play off the left-hand side, whip in a wicked cross, and you know you've got you've got an option over there. Um, so yeah, so I'd say Wrighton, Leupold's, Cuthbert, Fleming. But then Leupold's and G would switch depending on the opposition that we're up against. I think he's covered all the bases, Andre. I don't think we can complain about that answer. <laughs> well, I, I was I won't complain about it because it, it it was a tough spot. It's a tough it's a tough uh, thing to ask and put you on the spot. So I appreciate you rolling with it. But it does allow us to move to attack because if that's the attack, then we're looking at Sam Kerr, Penilla Harder, Frank Kirby. One of those is left out in a four four two. So I'm not going to force you to make that decision yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yet. uh, He says yet. Okay. I'm waiting Um, for it. (laughs) Right. So I wanted to to kind of move to the attack uh, a little bit and talk about, you know, we've seen Chelsea has not been as clinical as as what we're used to. And honestly, like looking at, I hate every time FB ref that the, uh, the, um, the Twitter account posts, you know, the, the XG differential between you know, teams in the, in the WSL, because Chelsea is like far and away the best team. It's just not happening in terms of getting the goals and preventing the goals. 
Um, we're preventing them now, but we're still not scoring them at the rate that we're used to. So I guess a more narrow question is to kind of talk a little bit about um, Pernilla Harder, what she's best at, the areas that she thrives at that you've seen, and how do you think she best fits into this Chelsea attack? Or does she? Because there are questions with like, if Sam Kerr and Frank Kirby are going to be our main, then that's kind of difficult to squeeze somebody else in and to share the ball. But she's so good. So what do you do? I personally, and 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 this is not this is not a reflection of what I might answer later. But I don't think you can drop Panilla Harder. I don't think yeah. you can drop Panilla Harder is the heart and soul in terms of this attack, just because she's that link player. She's she's the she's the she's the person you build the team around because we've seen it in especially this season when you give Panilla Harder the chance. Panilla Harder bails you out to every game. She pulls goals out of nowhere. She's been cons- more consistent this season than she was last season, even though she actually had a good season last season. And she's shown that she's had a she's had a good partnership with Sam Kirkfriend, and even she's had a good partnership with with Fran Kirby. And I think the thing about Panilla Harder is, for me, when you play on the four four two as one of the two strikers, you actually just let her play, give her a free role. You basically say, "All right, you are the second striker, but you kind of do whatever you need to do, move into the spaces you need to move into," because I think her skill set is so complementary to both Kerr and Kirby that you can pair her with either of them and she can kind of transform into the opposite style that's needed for whoever's there. So if you're playing with Sam Kerr, she's very, very happy to turn into this aggressive number 10 shadow striker who will be able to kind of drop into spaces and and kind of both feed uh, Sam Kerr, but also then play off her and run run beyond her, uh, considering Sam likes to go off on the channels and make those really like curved diagonal runs. On the other hand, if you're playing Kirby, who really likes sitting on the back post and kind of being like this ghost poacher coming in off the right uh, on the channels, you can play Penelope Harder as this almost as as the main striker, but also kind of still doing the same thing of being able to drop into spaces, move players out of position, allowing then your midfield to then play you know line breaking passes into a Kirby off off to the back post or across from somewhere. So for me, Penelope Harder has to stay in that team, and I think for me, Chelsea, the way she's been played now in this free role as this sort of like nine and a half, if I can call it, not a nine, not a ten, for me is the best way to to play Penelope Harder. I think you're absolutely right, and I think the most the most telling aspect of that was when we played West Ham and Aston Villa back to back, and we didn't have Samka uh, or G playing, and everything that we were doing in attacking sets was coming through her. She was, as you're saying, finding those spaces really easily, but she was picking up the ball and connecting with other people around her. Um, not only was she providing the runs in the back, but she was also leading. And we know that Penela Harder is capable of doing that when she's when it's called upon her. Uh, as you say, those skills make it quite easy for her to play with either of them. And maybe the question, which is a difficult one, might be that for that reason, she has to be in one of the front three and maybe the person who has to stay out is one of Sam Kerr and Fran Kirby which is it hurts my brain it hurts my brain to think of those things <laughs> but I I think that's that's quite a feasible possibility because her play is as you say so complementary and not only is it complementary to the attack but it's really easy for anyone who plays midfield with a double pivot we have the person who's playing the more attacking role whether that's Cuthbert or, or G or whoever playing in that shadow striker role where you can link up and find spaces is so much easier with harder Again, we saw that in the spell that Emma Hayes had when she was missing quite a few players. Now that I've said it, I'm thinking that that when Fran Kirby came in and we had a really good spell, she really she disjointed this the team a little bit. And Andre and I talked about this last week in kind of hushed, quiet tones because 
it's not really something we've talked about before, Frank Kirby being an issue. And I think maybe that was what was happening. We had obviously had Guru Wrighton playing in on the midfield and that provided the the space occupied on the left, which Kirby likes to kind of frequent into. But because of Harder, she was able to be moved more centrally. And I'm just thinking whether or not um, Penilla Harder has to stay. And I think maybe it's key to our attack that she stays. Yeah, no, I think... Um... I think I think you've hit the nail on the head there. I think with the, with, I mean overall with this whole attack, I think it's it's very much um, it's very much dependent on like you said, it dependent on the teams that we're playing up against, and it, depending on 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 who's available. But it's it's a difficult one because obviously this season we haven't seen the best of the three of them together, and obviously in pairs they've they've done well. Um, but you know I'm I'm you know it's Frank Frank Kirby is 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 I think an interesting case overall. I think she's obviously been one of Chelsea's best players over the last few years, especially last season coming back, you know, you know, taking game, taking games on her own um, has been interesting. And I actually don't know how you play Frank Kirby. I think for me, that is uh, right now, at least in this system, I mean, unless you play her as one of the two up front, but then again, you're dropping one of the other two, which then becomes, you know, do you want to drop the other two? Do you draw? It almost feels like Kirby's the one that's, that's able to be sacrificed uh, rather than the other two, but um, yeah, I think I think I think in terms of in terms of how how you how you get that attack you know together with with Frank Kirby, I think is 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 a tough one right now. So that is the question. You know, we are as we know Frank Kirby's Fight Club. We love <laughs> Frank Kirby. This is what we do. Part of the impetus in creating the podcast was because we just wanted to talk about Frank Kirby. What is going on with her? Because I'm I'm really sad about it because the link with Sam Kerr looked like it was so good. It was not going to be able to be stopped. It was one of those, it was a historic thing. Like nobody had been combining for as many goals as those two. And it was, it looked so good. And suddenly it seems like every team, and this is why I think there must be like some, something's just a little off within Chelsea. Cause it's not that to me, it doesn't seem like teams have figured it out. It's just not working the same way as it was, and I don't really know why that is. So, have you have you been able to watch any games and like figure out any insight? Is it opponents adjusting, or is it is something just going on with Fran Kirby where it's not quite clicking? I think it's a little bit of the latter. I think I think Fran Kirby is just as she since she's been playing on this on this on this four four two on the right hand side of midfield rather than uh, uh, you know right hand side of midfield. I think the role and the job description of that position has become a lot different to than what it was probably say probably last year. You know, last year was very much about being being attacking and kind of having almost having the freedom to play how she wanted to at, at right wing and be very, very attacking. Whereas this time, I think because the opposition's opposition are getting a lot more of the ball, you know, in the in the in the bigger games and um I think that's one thing. People, you know, teams are getting a lot more of the ball. So Chelsea aren't dominating as much as they normally would. And I think the second thing is teams have almost, I think, figured out how to play against Chelsea a little bit. You know, they've they, because last year was the first year of having all season together. Everybody was kind of surprised. Everybody was, you know, like, okay, how do we stop this? This these three, you know, megastars. And I think this time, it's it's a combination of both. Fran Kirby losing a little bit of form, losing a little bit of confidence, and I think that's not helped. And at the same time, I think. The opposition teams are not scared of Chelsea anymore. They're almost taking the game to Chelsea, which is which means that Chelsea have to do a lot more work off the ball. And Fran Kirby isn't the best off the ball, you know, 
player if we're comparing her against Sam Kerr and, and Pinilla Hada. Those two put in a shift. They're able to kind of contribute with the press, contribute with um you know, with 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 you know putting pressure on you know positional uh, overloads and things like that. Um and I think maybe maybe the only way to at least in this system to give Fran Kirby that same sort of uh, get get her back into form is to give her that free roll and 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 kind of shun away uh, shun away the the, the defense yeah the pressure the defensive responsibilities from her and then let her just thrive in an attacking sense and kind of get back into being able to make those late runs off the right hand side and be able to just come clutch in in the box and score goals from there. Yeah, that's kind of my my thing is I wonder like the four four two has been has been good. Um, and we've we've kind of needed it, and we've definitely needed players to step up. I do kind of wonder if maybe like a diamond might work better because then Fran Kirby can maybe it, maybe it becomes more of like a four two three one situation, and she's more in that familiar attacking role, or just straight up four three three. It just seems to me like we need to. It it almost seemed too perfect, right? We have Sam Kerr central, she's great. We have Fran Kirby on the right, she's great. We get Pernilla Harder on the left, we're amazing. And that has never really worked. <laughs> it's been <laughs> yeah. like, and that's what's been so confusing about it. It's like, how do we get Pernilla Harder involved? Because when she was there, it was just, you know, Sam Kerr and Fran Kirby show. And while it was amazing, it was great. Then it gets shut down. And now it's like, we have Pernilla Harder. And it's hard to figure out what do we do with her now? Because we can't drop her. She's too good. She plays very different. Like all three of them have very different profiles. And that should complement one another. And it just... It hasn't seemed to be quite clicked just yet, and it's it makes me sad, honestly. Yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, it comes down to it comes down to the balance of the team. I mean, that's the, I think that's been the word of the last like eighteen months. What where is the balance of the team, and what gives you the best balance? You know, and it's and it's unfortunate to think that for Chelsea to get the ultimate balance and to be able to move forward and and kind of progress as a team against top sides. There has to be a change, and I, and I, I at the very, very, very moment, I don't see how Chelsea could probably play all three of the all three of those players and still be able to consistently win and dominate games across a full season. I think against eighty percent of opposition, sure, not a problem. But when it in the big, big games, I don't know if that works. You know, at, at least not until. Chelsea find their own version of Angolo Kanti who can just kind of handle the midfield on, on on his own and and kind of just provide cover for everybody else. If Chelsea can find someone like that in midfield, maybe Aaron Cuthbert, like we said, is the answer to that um, as as the number six. Then uh, then then you possibly could try and find a way. Like you, the diamond is not a bad idea. I think you play safe, you, but the, you play Fran Kirby on the on the right side of the two. Obviously, Kerr on the left. Harden in, in the in the in the number ten position, and then obviously you've got the three other midfielders. My only concern there is where do you get the width from? The fullbacks aren't obviously with the fullbacks we have now. Carter yeah. and John aren't going to push up, so you lose out on all the width over there. Uh, and then if you're only going to let Panilla Harder drop out to the left, you know, into the wide spaces along with the striker, but then you're missing out on one extra player for that you know natural overload that you would have. So I think at the end of the day. Fullbacks are going to be key to anything and everything Chelsea do. If Chelsea can get the right fullback slash fullbacks, I think that really opens up so much more possibilities in terms of different systems, different formations that they could try, not only to get the best out of the midfield, but to get the best out of the front three, whichever combination that might be, whether that's a Jesse Fleming, Harder, Kerr, Kirby Kerr, Harder, or whatever combination you want. So what you're saying is what we knew about 
a season and a half ago <laughs> that we need a new fullback yeah. is still the case. Everything comes back to fullbacks. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, come on, Chelsea. The thing is though, like we've got we've got a pretty good um run of games coming up now. So you'd think like if Emma Hayes wanted to experiment anymore, then she has to be either like now or she's already done it because we're coming to the title running now. We've got a final with Man City. We've got the FA Cup still going. All of that's coming ahead of us. Um, so probably in her head, she's got an idea of how she's going to tweak each team. But I think it should be promising enough that she is trying to tweak each team um, according to the opponents because that's been something that, again, she's, she's just not done. But just the insight to know that we can play different formations and systems to bring out the best from our footballers maybe that's it you know maybe it's not about who we leave out or who stays in it's about who fits for each game coming up and I think that's a really good hallmark of teams that win titles and that's something that we're going to need yeah no I agree I think I think this team uh this team is 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 I mean the fact that they're still winning games uh all things considered uh with the the so-called problems that we have now I think then um I think I think Getting in the right players, getting in the right sort of personnel in the um, personnel in the in the summer will just become a huge, 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 uh, huge boost. And I, this team is not a million miles away from 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 you know getting back and competing in the Champions League again. I think they need to learn their lessons from from this season against the big sides. And if they can just get a little bit uh, a little bit more clinical and and you know get that attacking fluency back in their game, then sky's the limit, I guess. Yeah, it's one of those interesting things, right? We we we've been talking, you know, the the goal of this of course has been to break down Chelsea to talk about, you know, where they're, you know, where things aren't quite clicking because overall this has not looked like the Chelsea they're still doing great. They're in position where if they win every game they 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 win the league for the third consecutive year. So we we don't want to sound like we're too down on them, but there are issues, there are concerns, there are things that haven't been working as well as they were working. And I think if you remember the Manchester United match, there was a stretch in that first half when Chelsea scored all three of their goals. It was like a 15-minute stretch where they were overwhelming. We're used to seeing that in every game. Like there's a stretch where Chelsea just dominate, and that's what we're not seeing. So looking ahead, do you think that we'll see more performances like that that'll show up with more regularity given now that things are slightly more settled? Um, certainly with COVID, you know, Melanie Lupoles is not back, but Magda should be coming back soon. You did mention Lauren James before. We do expect her to have more and more of a role as the season progresses, as long as she can stay healthy. Looks like the defense is good. So what is your kind of projection for, for the rest of the season for Chelsea? I think it'll be good with players coming back from injury and then Chelsea having more of a squad to pick from and just kind of honestly just having to focus on the league. Obviously, we've got the Conti Cup final in, in about a week or so. Uh, and and obviously there's that game and and then the few FA Cup uh, FA Cup Cup games at least in the beginning, it gives Chelsea a chance to both rotate. But the fact that they only have the league to focus on, I think, is only a good thing for them. We've seen traditionally that any team that only has one competition, maximum two, to focus on, really does does well and is able to play their best starting eleven for the rest of the season. And when the fact that Anik now is in really good form. Jess Carter, shout out to Jess Carter playing at right back and actually coming back into some sort of form and producing very, very good defensive performances uh, based on the role that she's been given to do. And um, against and then, two very good wingers too. A- absolutely, absolutely. Coming up against, you know, the, the Lauren Hemps of the world and, and, and you know, Ella Toons and Leah Goldson's like, you know, any other day, 
before those games, I think most of us would have said, Jess Cart is in for a tough ride. You know, that's that's probably a, a battle lost. But then she proved everybody wrong and she she kind of stepped up and, and she did. I mean, hey, she just she kept a clean sheet against Spain today. I mean, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, that's that's a continuation of it. But um, but no, I think with Magda coming back, getting her fluency on the ball, her distribution from from the back and her, you know, like like you said, her progression into midfield and being able to use spaces in midfield and kind of create that also helps create space for players further forward because if if you know attackers are going to come and press Magda she's able to she's able to get out of it distribute the ball quickly and then suddenly Chelsea can break and and go forward from there so I think I think there's reasonable optimism and if they can win the Conti Cup final against Manchester City then that's just another boost of momentum going into the rest of the season and you know that's that's already the first bit of you know silverware for the season in the bag and you know you, you can't go wrong with that what more can you ask for really I think uh get that in the bag as you say get our team on a system and formation that works and we have a lot of players returning I think Andre's right in stressing that although we mentioned a lot of bad things and things to improve on and things that haven't been great we are overly you know generally generally optimistic about this team so Miriam are you going to do to Abdullah what you always do to me (laughs) oh yes oh yes 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 okay so as as you can see from the brief, I did not add this into the brief for you can't see what I'm doing, but I'm doing the Italian hand fingers. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to ask for some predictions, um, you know, predictions. And, and I'm talking about scores, scorers, minutes, seconds, which, you know, which <laughs> which part of the pitch. It, well, I'm kidding. No, I'm not. I'm not. Um, so obviously we have a game coming up uh, in the FA Cup. We're playing Leicester on the 26th. And um, Andre and I will probably do kind of more of a deeper dive on that. But just very briefly, let's talk about predictions. Abdullah, you go first. Oh, yeah, God. Okay. Um, I kind of like Leicester. I'm not going to lie. I think they've been a good team this season, good addition to WSL. And uh, I think they're they're definitely a team that's, uh, that's, that's, that's had better performances than their, than their points, you know, would, would show for it. But um, I will have to say, I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be 2-0 to Chelsea. I think goal's going to come in the first half and the second half. I think one's <laughs> going to come in like the 37th minute. And then the next goal is going to come in like the 61st minute. It's going to be scored by uh, Sam Kerr. It's going to score one of them. And I'm going to give... I'm going to give a sense of, I think a centre-back will score the second one. And depending on who's going to play because of rotation. But let's just say that now is going to continue playing. I think it's going to be Anika Nawa and Samka 2-0. That's my prediction if you really want to go that that detailed. Shame on you, Andre. Shame on you. Shame on me. What this man has come in once and he has given me everything I asked for. You have been co-hosting for almost two over two seasons now. You've never given me this detail. Because you know, I get anxiety whenever I have to think about predictions, and it just—it's—I'm not good at it. But you make me do it all the time, and I don't get better. It's one of those things where they say like practice makes perfect. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. No, I'm kidding. Well, th- well, thank you for that. I think I think we should make it because you were so specific, Abdul. I'm going to make a note of it, and if it turns out well, we will commend you. Happy, happy for you to throw it out in a tweet, and then we can revisit. We can bookmark it and revisit it in like yeah. Let's let's do that. I'm interested (laughs) in this. Um, I think that that was a pretty nice sort of prediction, though. I think clean sheet is a good way to go. As you say, Leicester, 
going by the league, haven't been doing very well, very low on points with Birmingham City and Aston Villa down there as well. Um, and I think that maybe this could be a good chance to see Frank Kirby and Sam Kerr, who have kind of just been on the fringe, and maybe even G a little bit from the Asian World Cup. I am going to say 3-0. Um, I'm not going to say my specific scores because that was just a bit we did to Abdullah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but... um. But I, I sort of I think we can all agree that we think that the front three are going to be the scorers as they have been in combination play, whether that's been in separate halves or in separate games. We have uh, we can be fairly sure about who's going to be um, on the scoring. Again, I think clean sheet as well. I think unfortunately Leicester are just going to be overpowered. They have they're in negative in terms of goals conceded this season, so I think it's not going to be it's not going to be very promising for them. So yeah, three 0 for me. Go on, Andre. Round us oh, up. Oh, see, and this is this is my thing, right? I swear this you is, better not is... say. You better not say what I think you're gonna say. If you <laughs> what? say what if you try to copy what I've just said. No, oh no, I'm not going to. I'm 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 questioning the confidence here only because we have played Leicester before. They are very tough to play, and it took us until the 83rd minute to score our first goal against them. And Fran Kirby got one in stoppage time, and that's how we beat them 2-0. So the mm. scoreline looks great. It looks like, you know, just job done, easy easy work for Chelsea. But it really wasn't. It was a tough game. And I think Emma Hayes is going to have to do a lot of the rotation that she did last time. You know, last time we had Jesse Fleming started, Drew Spence started, Neve Charles started, Bethany England started. So there was a lot of rotation. And I think that's going to happen again because of the international break. And I, I, don't, I don't know less of their squad, you know, top to bottom, but I don't think they have any players gone. Um for international break. So that's just going to be one of those things where Chelsea's kind of returning. Players are going to be flying back. You know, of course, the games that are in England, it's not too far, but, you know, it is going to be a thing. And so I'm, I'm, I am wondering what the lineup is going to look like. And I'm not as confident as saying, you know, like, what'd you say? 3-1? 3-0? Yeah, I'm not quite that confident. I think it's going to be a frustrating match, um, particularly with, I, I believe, Emma Hayes is going to rotate. So, I think I'm, and I'm trying not to copy Abdullah's um, <laughs> prediction, but I think I think two nil, maybe even one nil. You know, I, th- I think it's going to be a tough match. Leicester's gotten, they've saved themselves from relegation, and are feeling quite good about themselves. If they can, if they can put up a sturdy, you know, uh, defense against Chelsea, they'll be feeling even better, and, and they've done it once before. Okay, I'll give you that. We, I think we've given fairly different predictions. Um, yeah, I, th- I think you know that's an option as well. I, I, as you say, Emma Hayes will be rotating the squad, and I think maybe thinking about that, I might have considered a different scoreline. But I'm still pretty content about the attacking options we have. Of a vast array of different options, different dimensions. You know, Gura Wright and Cuthbert, G Sam Kerr. So uh, I'm I'm pretty good with that, and I'm also pretty happy with everything we've talked about on this podcast. Uh, does anyone have anything else they would like to talk about before we round things off? No, I would just like to thank Abdullah for joining us, our first yeah. guest on to Fran Kirby's Fight Club. You're thank honored, you so yeah. much for joining us. I, I feel I feel very honored to be asked to be the first <laughs> one. So I, I appreciate it and uh, thank you for having me on. Well, we, you know, we'd love to have you on. And, and anyone who's took the time to listen today and be pleasantly surprised that we have a third person for once, uh, <laughs> thank you to you as well. We absolutely love creating content for you guys. And Really, to be honest, this has been so fun. Like I've just been laughing most of the time, and I re- really appreciate Abdullah coming on to to give us that. Um, but of course, if you enjoyed it as much as we did, then you obviously have to. You have to give five stars. It's not even like a debate. Got to do it. Uh, you got to rate us. You got to retweet and share. And not only do we enjoy it, but so does Fran Kirby. She told us um, we can't 
we can't give you any sources and things like that so you just have to believe what we say unfortunately um but yes there is as we say there is a game next week on the 26th so we'll catch you then